we need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be our father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion, and I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now here's your host, Terry Lynn Scott. Everybody, welcome back to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. Again, so grateful that you're joining me today. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we dealt with the the seven uh, leadership principles of Jesus, and we're going to dive back into that today. But before we do, like we always ask, a couple things. Number one, if you're new to the podcast and this content adds value to your life, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and hit the bell so you're notified every time we do this. The second thing is, is if you if if it really helps you and uh, you have questions or anything like that, leave us a comment or a review. We love to read those and answer our our listeners uh, and help in any way we that we can. And the third and probably the most valuable to me would be to hit the share button. Share it to those that you know that this content would add value to their life. It would help their leadership. It would help their teams. Whatever that is, just to get the word out about the anointing that we need on our life to increase in our leadership capacity that Jesus Christ has called us to. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, We are going to do part two now, episode 26, part two of the seven leadership principles of Jesus. And as I talked about last time was Jesus probably epitomizes leadership. He is probably the greatest leader of all time, in my personal opinion, and I think many others, that after 2,022 years ago, he left the earth is what we would consider in, in about that time frame that Jesus is still leading people today in his absence, right? Even through his death, there's still the leadership of Jesus that's causing great impact into the lives of people around him and around us. And we're all benefiting from what Jesus Christ did on the earth. And so what I'm interested in and I'm intrigued about is how do you as an individual, as a leader, get people to follow you? What, what, what do you do? What attributes? What are some of the things that you do as a leader that cause people to want to follow you? That... Uh, you know, and I look at that. I identify certain leaders. I look at people like, you know, my pastor, Dr. Mark T. Barclay, who has uh, thousands of pastors that follow him and thousands of people that follow him from all over the globe. And he has influence and impact into their life. I look at other people such as, you know, Kenneth Copeland that has so many people that follow his le- his ministry and his leadership. Uh, I look at a Craig Groeschel, who's the pastor of Life Church, and it's a hundred and some thousand members with 39 campuses, and, and they're all going in the same direction. That's leadership to me. And when I look at those types of things, it makes me wonder. I begin to question, what are your attributes? What are you doing as an individual? Not what are your programs? Not what, not what are the uh, experiences? Experiments that you're doing. I'm talking about you as the leader, and that's what I really believe uh, this is all about. And when I look at Jesus, I didn't look at what he did. I looked at who he was, how he did specific things in his own uh, ministry, in his own life, how he led people, and how he was just passionate about his his yes in his life. And it and it uh, it just kind of emulated from him. It, it just the aurora of of passion for what he was doing got onto other people because of the way he carried himself and the way he did things. And and so I look at these and these seven principal leaderships, uh, the leadership principles of Jesus, and we want to discuss them. And last week, 
We our last podcast we did, and we talked about Jesus humbled himself and allowed God to exalt him. We, we dealt with that. I don't want to dive back into all of these. I think it's more important that we just highlight them to get to number four today. Uh, the second thing we do is Jesus followed his father's will rather than seeking a position. He wasn't interested in being served. He was interested in doing what God called him to do uh, with those who would, who would go with him, right? The third thing is we, Jesus defined greatness as being a servant. So what we look at is leadership as the guy in the corner office drinking a cup of coffee, barking orders. That wasn't greatness to Jesus. Jesus was the guy sitting at the well talking to the woman at Samaria that he shouldn't even been talking to and his disciples, you know, going to get him food, but he was about the father's business at the well. So he defined greatness as serving people. And so these are the three key ones. The the, the next four we're going to dive into today uh, are these. The first one is Jesus took risks to serve others because he trusted he was God's son. Number five was Jesus left his place at the head of the table to serve the needs of others. Number six, Jesus shared responsibility and authority with those he called he called to lead. And number seven, Jesus built a team to carry out a global vision. And this is what we find uh, in Jesus's ministry. And so we highlighted the, the three that we talked about two weeks ago. And today, let's dive in. Jesus took risks to serve others because he trusted he was God's son. This is this speaks volumes to me in John chapter three thirteen verse three. It says Jesus. This is when Jesus at the Last Supper and, and he and he's washing the disciples' feet. It says Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands, knowing this, knowing who He was, knowing the authority that He carried, knowing the position that He had been given, uh, and He says, knowing this, and that He had come from God and was going back to God, He rose from supper. In other words, He got up. He got up from the table. And when you continue reading this, he got up, he took his garment off, right? He removed the outer garment. Uh, It's kind of heading into my next point as well. He girded himself with a towel and he began to wash the disciples' feet. This is what I'm telling you. It's the risk. The risk to get up from the position and stoop to another position. It's a risk. You risk the confidence that people have in you. You risk the shame and the embarrassment of doing this. You risk so many different things. But the the idea of leadership is risk-taking, is taking risks. Now, it might not have been a risk for the people to see him, but it was a risk in his own heart. Knowing who he was, how dare I get up and go wash somebody's feet? This is a risk. It's a mental risk, but it's a risk that the people that you're leading, they see you do something that in their mind you should not be doing, that it's below you, it's beneath you, that this thing is not, uh, you shouldn't be doing these types of things. It's a huge risk that Jesus took. I want to realize, I want you to help you realize this. It takes risks to serve others. It takes you doing things that, you know, most people think it's crazy, that things in your own mind will tell you not to do it. The principle, leadership principle of Jesus that took risks because he trusted uh, that he was God's son. Can I tell you this? You're not necessarily the son of God the way Jesus was, but you are a son of God. You are a king's kid. You are the Lord. You are a Lord's Lord. Uh, and he, he, you're co-heir, joint heir with Jesus Christ, right? And it's a risk to do things that you feel like are outside of your comfort zone or outside the parameters of what you or everybody else deem is is your uh, your greatest assets or your capabilities or what are your tasks that should be done or your job description. It's a risk to step outside of that. But Jesus did it not for himself, 
but to serve other people. And, and as a leader, if we are unwilling to take the risk to come off of our high perch and serve people, get in the ditch with people, help people, then we don't really want people to follow us. We want people to do for us. We don't want people to help us serve. They, we just want to be served. We, that's the thing is you got to take the risk to come off in your own head, in your own mind, in, in light of what everybody else thinks about you. You got to take a risk. It's a risk to remove yourself from the level of, of leadership in a position to go down and serve with the people. You know, it's, it's almost kind of like coming down with the common folk. And that's the mindset of people as we come down to the common folk. You know, when you think of uh, my church and the growth that we've experienced and the people that are around me uh, and the new people coming to church, sometimes they look at me. I've had people say, uh, I don't know if I can talk to him. And, and, and it's, why not? Because the mindset of people is I can't touch the pastor. I can't reach the pastor. Well, that's not an abundant life. Can I tell you, I've taken the risk to remove that level of, of insecurity and get to the level of security and knowing who I am to be able to meet people, to talk to people, to have coffee with people, to help people, to do all of these things. And I think it's a risk Jesus took. He took the risk of saying that they can't exalt me because I know who I am. Jesus has to exalt me. And when I do it the way Christ did, he exalts us. He promotes us. And it's a pretty interesting uh, scenario that we're finding here with Jesus. He rose from the table. In other words, he got up from his high seat and he stooped down and he served people. It's a leadership principle. It's one of the greatest things because he tells them the thing that you're seeing me do, you should do. You, you should do what I'm doing. It's not the washing of feet. So per se, it's the removing yourself from the position, taking the risk of getting out of the seat and getting down to the level of service. It's the leadership principle of Jesus. Number five, that's good. That's a good challenge, right? But number five is Jesus left his place at the head table to serve the needs of other. It, it kind of goes along. It's a risk, but he leaves it. But let me show you what I'm talking about. John chapter 13, finishing what we just read in verse three in verse four and five, it says he laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So this was a start to finish service. It wasn't, let me just show you and walk away. Let me get it started and walk away. But he left his place. So what we find is, is he took risks. You got to take risks. Point four, you got to take risks. It's going to take risks to do things. It's going to take risks to have conversation. It's going to take risks to cast your vision. It's going to take risks to get away from your spot of comfort and get out there and do something and serve people. But to do that, you've got to leave your place at the head table and serve the needs of others. Now, look what Jesus did. He removed the outer garment. Now, without getting so preachy, let me just explain these things. In those days, kind of like today, you know a person by their dress. So the president of the United States always wears a suit and tie, right? Uh, leaders, leadership in government always wearing suit and tie. Most time, people in a suit and tie look like they are of a place of importance. So if you go to the, the, the courthouse and you're in court, the lawyers are not dressed in ripped jeans and a t-shirt. No, they're dressed in suits and ties or dresses, really nice outfits. Why? Because they're in front of an honor. They're honoring the position of the seat right there. And that was that the black robe of the of the the judge is the defining factor who's in authority in this in this courthouse. Well, Jesus's robe that he took off was defining the authority that he wo he walked in and who he was in position. He left his place. Not only did he get up and take the risk, but he he naturally removed the garment 
that identified or signified him as the rabbi or the teacher or the master. He removed it and took that off. This is what he did. You're going to have to remove the mindset that you are the master and everybody's there for you. It's a principle of leadership that caused still millions of people, millions and millions and millions of people, probably in the billions over 2,000 plus years, billions and, and maybe trillions of people to follow Jesus right? Even so much that billions and millions of people have turned against Jesus and and ridiculed him because of how great of a leader he was. But he removed that garment of position to be able to serve people. You'll never serve people unless in your mind, mentally, you can remove the positional authority clothes to be able to get in with everybody else and serve them. Jesus did it. You leave your place to serve and you leave it by removing it. You got to remove that idea. It never removes inside. You know who you are with great confidence. You know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You know exactly who you are. You, you're very confident in who you are. You're not arrogant. But what happens, arrogance keeps the garment on. But but humility, we talked about this, humility is the thing that removes the garments because we know it's God that exalts us. Jesus removed the outer garment. Not only that, he girded himself with the towel and he finished the process from start to finish, from getting the water to drying the feet. This is this is so significant. It, it wasn't just let me get you started and then I'm going to go play golf. No, we saw it through. That's what leaders do. We see it through with people. We teach people things. And at the end of it, Jesus said, these things that you see me doing, you should do. What's that? Learn to get out of the seat and get into with the people because you want people to follow you. You're going to do it by influence with relationships, not sitting and embarking orders. This is what we realize. See this. Here's the thing. Don't assume you are the greatest in the room. In Luke chapter 14, this is what we're talking about. Leave your place at the head of the table. In John 14, 8 through 10, it talks about this. When you're invited to the dinner, do not take the highest seat because there might be somebody else greater than you that can sit there. Jesus taught this. Jesus taught, even though he was the greatest and he was the one that could sit at the head of the table, he said, I'm not sitting at the head because maybe there is a greater person than me. You never realize that you're the greatest in the room. You understand that there is always somebody better than you. And how do you do that? By removing your place at the head of the table, removing your garment, serving people. It's about people. I want to challenge you. I was with my pastor who's a very highly respected individual in, in the, our country and in, in the world. He is respected by world leaders. He's respected by our own governments, uh, high in the, in the White House and in the Congress and Senate and, and the Supreme Court. A very high individual that with great respect. And uh, so many times what we find with, with people like him uh, is, you know, he realizes when he comes in, uh, when I went to dinner with him one time, they told me I could sit anywhere I wanted. And well, Dr. Barkley sat down and immediately I thought I could sit right next to him because I was the first one there. Then this verse came to me, Luke 14, don't just assume that you have the ability that there probably could be somebody greater than you. So I waited and waited and waited and waited. And I sat at the very end of the table. And from that moment, I was, I have a great respect in that moment. Multiple people came to me and says, wow, what you waited on to let everybody else sit down when you could have just sat there spoke volumes to me. Luke chapter 14. 
Why? Because I understand this one thing. I'm not forcing my relationship on somebody or my position upon somebody. I'm allowing God to organically exalt me and grow me by humility, by understanding I'm not the greatest, removing myself from the place of the head of the table and setting down and just serving people. I could have I could have sat at the head of the table with Doc, but I didn't because I allowed other people to sit there and just serve them. That's a level of service that you and I have to do. You've got to realize in this vein, you can't promote yourself. Allow others to promote you. Elisha was promoted by Elijah. We see this. And so you can't just go out and do your own thing. You've got to let God through people promote you in your position. Look, four was Jesus took risks to serve others because he trusted in who he was. Five, you know, can I say this about four? Without having confidence in who you are, you'll never take the risk. You got to know who you are and know my pastor, my, my apostle, Jimmy Squires always would say, you can, you might be better than I am, but you can't wear my shoes. That's confidence, knowing exactly who you are and what you do. Five is Jesus left his place at the head of the table to serve others. And six, the last two components of this, man, I wish I had a lot more time, but these last two components are very interesting to me. Number six is Jesus shared responsibility and authority with those he called to lead. He shared responsibility. And the authority, Luke chapter 9 says this, verse 1 and 2, And he called the twelve together, gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. It's interesting here. Jesus knew the meaning of delegation. He knew greater things we could do if he delegated it to us. It's better that I go so that I can send you the Holy Ghost who will walk with every one of you, and you go do it. He understood delegation. He understood what it meant. Here's what I want you to realize is you got to have confidence in your trust in people. Most people will delegate, but they'll constantly check up. They'll constantly hammer. They'll constantly change decisions that the people that they delegated to, and there's no confidence in that trust. You are only confident in you. You're not confident in what you've delegated and trained other people to do. Jesus shared the responsibility and the authority. This is interesting. The, the power of delegation, standing behind somebody, even in their failures, standing with them and pulling them aside and teaching in the, in the failure or in the weakness, celebrating the successes. But this is what Jesus did. He shared it. He did not just do it all himself. He sent out 12. He sent out 72. He worked with people. He did all kinds of things. And he loved helping people develop and empower. Can I tell you what this looks like? You have to empower people to fulfill their role or their ministry, to see the success of the vision come about. If you don't empower people, watch Jesus sharing the responsibility. If you don't empower people, then they don't feel trusted, nor do they feel that they are they have confidence in themselves, nor the confidence in the trust you give them. Empower them. Give them the authority. Give them some simple instructions. Paint the picture. Hand them the brush and let them brush the strokes. It may not be exactly the way you'll do it, but if you will let them paint it, it'll be beautiful. It'll be perfect. It'll be a masterpiece. But you got to have the same level of confidence in your trust that Jesus had in his trust for the people. How does that come? You got to believe in the training. It's part of it. You got to develop, you got to train, and you got to do that. And you got to trust, you got to trust. The process is a process. It's no different than being promoted. It's a process in development. It's a process in, in sharing the responsibility, sharing the authority. Notice this. He, he told them, hey, thank God that your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of the Life. But he goes back to God and he begins, Lord, thank you for using them. Thank you that you did what you said you would do in them. It's sharing that responsibility and 
authority. It's one of the greatest principles that Jesus taught us in this right here. Uh, in that is, is doing that, you've got to ensure that they can trust your trust in them. They know. I, a lot of people on my team, it's been about two and a half years now that I've been really empowering people. Most people today can come to me and say, I really believe you trust me. And I really believe, this is what they're telling me today after two and a half years. I really believe that you're okay if I fail. I do believe that you're okay and you're going to help me. It, I can't sink the boat as you keep telling me. And, and see, here's the thing. That's the level of trust that the disciples had in Jesus. They knew Jesus was with them. They knew Jesus was for them. And they knew that Jesus was training them for something greater than themselves. And But you have to have the, you have to share that responsibility and the authority with those who you've, you've been called to lead and those that you've asked to lead and those that you've been putting that things in you. You've got to live. Live that level of shared responsibility and authority. And number seven, hey, we're, we're at the seventh principle today. Number seven, this is my probably my favorite of all seven. Jesus built a team to carry out a vision globally or a worldwide vision. Woo, he built a team. This is a leadership principle. You can't just build yourself. You can't just do it for yourself. And you can't just build one or two people. You got to build a team. A team of people. Watch in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20. Uh, it says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You then go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Look at what Jesus did. He didn't plan small. He, he called 12 people. We know there's more that followed him, but he called 12 to empower them to turn around and empower more people. But he did it by saying this, I've got the authority, but I'm not keeping it. I'm giving it to you. I'm empowering you. I'm going to build you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to train you. And then I'm going to give you the authority to go and do it yourself. Jesus didn't just go into the next office. He went to heaven to sit down at the right hand of the Father. He speaks through the Holy Ghost. It's all new to them. And the, what they used to do is not what they're doing. And here's the thing. He left them. He left them alone. And, and honestly, for the first so many days, like 40 days almost, it felt like he, they failed. They, they just kept doing their own thing and going back fishing and complaining. And, and they didn't do what he trained them for three and a half years. But at one point, they realized, we got to figure this out, boys. And ultimately, his training paid off in their life. And look what happened today. We have the book of Acts and so on. We have Paul the Apostle. We have churches today that are leaning to the teachings of Jesus. You don't just build for a small vision or a small plan. You plan huge because that's the way Jesus Christ does it. And you build a team. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of intentional surgery to create people and help people and develop people and teach people how you do things. This is what they did. Stop planning so small and start planning globally. This is what you have to do as a leader. Sometimes our leadership plan is so small that we don't know how to empower. We don't know how to build a team. We just think one or two people is cool. We're comfortable. No, you've got to think like Jesus does exponentially greater than you can ask, think, or imagine. Think about this. If he's building a team, think about the training that it took to develop this level of confidence and courage. It had to be intense. It had to be intense, the level of training. We read the Bible. We don't read everything that happened in three and a half years. We read a snippet of everything. We got like the cliff notes of what happened in three and a half years. But what we re don't realize is the amount of time, the effort, the energy, the other corrections and the rebukes, the encouragements, the things that they did right, the horrible things they did wrong to become who they are today. Man, that training had to be intense. And so you're going to have to train. 
Training isn't telling them one time. Training is a repetition. It's no different than training a dog. It's no different than potty training your kid. It's no different than training your children how to be respectful. It's no different how to train them to say yes, sir, and no, sir. Uh, there's training, right? Watch, you know, to become global, these are some things I want you to look at, how to build a team to carry a worldwide vision. To become global, you must relinquish authority to multiple people. you got to relinquish that. You'll never become global. You'll never get outside your sphere of influence of your couple-mile radius of your building uh, if you don't release the, the authority. If you don't relinquish that and empower people, you'll never grow further than two miles around your radius. I'm speaking that. I don't know that statistically, but mindly, mindset thinking is you're not going to go very far outside your area of influence because you don't give the authority to people to grow, to develop. Watch, Jesus empowered, my last point here, Jesus empowered them to the point they actually believed in him as well as his trust in them. He empowered them. And this is what Jesus did. He built a team, he empowered them, and he sent them. He didn't go with them all the time. He wasn't with them all the time in all their decision makings. They didn't even communicate with him when he was in heaven all the time in every little decision. No, he trusted the process of training. He trusted that what he put in them would come to pass in their life. Look, man, these are seven principles of Jesus that I believe, leadership principles that we have to adapt. I'm going to review them one time, and then we're going to dismiss today. Number one, Jesus humbled himself and allowed God to exalt him. Jesus followed his father's will rather than seeking the position. Jesus defined greatness as being a servant. Jesus took his risk to serve others because he trusted in who he was. Five was Jesus left the place at the head of the table to serve the needs of others. Six, Jesus shared responsibility and authority with those that he was leading. Seven, he built a team to carry out a vision worldwide. Look, these are the principles that, that you go study them out. Go look at these verses, develop them, and dis- discover even more about them. But today, look, I appreciate you taking your time. This has been the Anointed Leadership Podcast. These are my thoughts today. Uh, and I believe 2022 is going to be an amazing year for you as you follow the leadership principles of Jesus. Hey, till next time, I call you blessed. And I pray that the anointing of God increase in your life to do everything that God has called you to do in Jesus' name. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.